this is John, and I wanted to take a second to describe why this episode is very, very different from any of the other episodes that we have done. Um, we talk a lot about the movements in the Psalms, this intentional organization of these ancient prayers that have been collected over the many, many, many centuries. And we understand that organization to be done through people, uh, but a gift of the Holy Spirit. And these movements uh, lead us in all sorts of different ways. We're always mentioning them, but there's probably no movement more important than this one, uh, the one that runs from Psalm 135 to Psalm 139. This feels very much like the zenith of the Psalms. Uh, the, 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 the whole journey through and up and around and down into the pit uh, that this prayer book of the Bible has taken us on, it leads to this mountaintop experience in Psalm 139. Uh, so we decided not to separate these psalms, 135, 136, 137, 138, and then 139, but instead to keep them all together. So what we're going to do is Gay and I are going to give a really brief commentary about each psalm. We'll listen to the psalm, uh, and then we'll give a brief commentary about the next, um, and then we'll immediately publish... Uh, all of these psalms all together without our commentary. So you can listen to us uh, talking and wondering about these prayers um, and listen to the prayers. And then the next episode, you can just listen to the prayers um, and maybe even listen to them on repeat uh, as we let this movement, this beautiful movement of the psalms, uh, which takes us back in time and down into the depths and then up into this marvelous presence of God's love. Um, let that absorb down into your heart and into uh, your body. Uh, thanks you all. Blessings. Yeah, it feels like this next psalm covers all of human history. Yeah, it does, John. It starts with creation, talking about uh, God creating the heaven and the earth and the seas and the lightning, and then goes through the exodus and naming out all the good things that God did during that that great exodus. And it's it's very interesting how it approaches the the promised land. Uh, how it, how does it how does it feel this introduction of the place where the people belong? Well, you know, the people of Israel didn't do anything to get this land. This was not by their own power. This was through the power of God. And through that, they became a people of God. And I love that. I love this passage about the idols. Uh, Jesus quotes this passage. We've heard it, the almost exact phrasing in other Psalms. Uh, how, do, how do we take this, this passage about the idols? Well, the idols have these ears that don't hear and eyes that don't see, and they are nothing. And yet we become them. Yeah, we become them if we worship them. It's such a yep. 
an amazing image of these non-living things. And then the dominant word here in this psalm is hallelujah. What is what does this word mean? Uh, hallelujah, shining back, shining back to God. And this whole psalm about teaching us how to praise, how to praise Yahweh. Psalm 135. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The name of Yahweh. Hallelujah, you servants of Yahweh. You who stand in the house of Yahweh, in the courtyards of the house of our God. Hallelujah, Yahweh. For Yahweh is good. Sing praises to his holy name, for it is lovely. For Yahweh has chosen Jacob for himself, Israel as his own possession. For I know that Yahweh is great, and that Yahweh is above all gods. Whatever Yahweh pleases, he does, in heaven and on earth, and in the seas and in all the ocean depths. He causes the mist to ascend from the ends of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain. He brings forth the wind from his treasuries. He struck the firstborn of Egypt, both human firstborn and animal. He sent signs and wonders into your midst, Egypt, upon Pharaoh and all his servants. He struck many nations and brought death to mighty kings. Sion, king of the Amorites, Og, king of Bashan, and all the kingdoms of Canaan. And he gave their land as an inheritance, an inheritance to his people Israel. Your name, Yahweh, is everlasting. The mention of you, Yahweh, is throughout all generations. For Yahweh will judge his people and will have compassion on his servants. The idols of the nations are nothing but silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths, but they do not speak. They have eyes, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. Nor is there any breath at all in their mouths. Those who make them will become like them. Yes, everyone who trusts in them. House of Israel, bless Yahweh. House of Aaron, bless Yahweh. House of Levi, bless Yahweh. You who revere Yahweh, bless Yahweh. Blessed be Yahweh from Zion, who dwells in Jerusalem. Hallelujah. This next psalm is going to take this same narrative, this same um, Exodus narrative and arriving at the promise narrative, and set it within the context of a very powerful mantra prayer, this repetition of the same phrase 26 times. What do mantras do for us, Gay? I know what it does for me, but I also know that research shows that a mantra has a repetition and a rhythm and a repeat that repeated pattern that is comforting to um, 
the brain and to the soul. You're going to hear in this psalm the same phrase. In Hebrew, it's seven syllables, ki leolam hasdao. Um, so we've translated here into seven syllables, forever, God's hesed. Um, forever is olam, this eternity, and hesed love. The way God is described is full of hesed. It's, um, this, this phrase is one of the most commonly used phrases in the Hebrew scriptures when there is a consecration happening. Um, so we'd invite you just to listen to this mantra wash over you. The same narrative as the last psalm uh, in a consecration um, of, of you and your heart, um, but also um, preparing you for what's coming next in the psalms. Psalm 136. Give thanks to Yahweh, for he is good. Forever God's hesed. Give thanks to the God of gods. Forever God's hesed. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. Forever God's hesed. To him who alone does great wonders. Forever God's hesed. To him who made the heavens with skill, forever God's hesed. To him who spread out the earth above the waters, forever God's hesed. To him who made the great lights, forever God's hesed. The sun to rule by day, forever God's hesed. And the moon and stars to rule by night, forever God's hesed. To him who struck the Egyptians, that is, their firstborn, forever God's hesed, and brought Israel out from their midst, forever God's hesed, with a strong hand and an outstretched arm, forever God's hesed. To him who divided the Red Sea in parts, forever God's hesed and allowed Israel to pass through the midst of it, forever God's hesed. But he overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea, forever God's hesed. To him who led his people through the wilderness, forever God's hesed. To him who struck great kings, forever God's hesed. And brought death to mighty kings, forever God's hesed. Sion, king of the Amorites, forever God's hesed. And Og, king of Bashan, forever God's hesed. And gave their land as an inheritance, forever God's hesed. An inheritance to his servant Israel, forever God's hesed. Who remembered us in our lowliness, forever God's hesed, and has rescued us from our enemies, forever God's hesed, who gives food to all flesh, forever God's hesed. Give thanks to the God of heaven, forever God's hesed.
As we prepare for Psalm 137, uh, knowing it's one of the uh, darkest uh, moments in uh, the Hebrew scriptures, uh, one that's often held up as the reason people no longer read the Bible, um, we, we recognize that there are three things that we can do with profound, horrific suffering. Um, the first thing that we can do is we can seek revenge and we can uh, add to the suffering in creation. Uh, we can act out of our hurt uh, and, and create more violence. The second thing we can do is we can pretend that we are not suffering um, or we can put that down. We can repress that down into our hearts and our bodies. Um, and not show our suffering. Or we can try and fix it ourselves, uh, which takes an enormous amount of emotional and spiritual energy. The third thing that we can do with our profound and horrific suffering is that we can offer it back into the hands of God. This is what Psalm 137 is. It is a song back to God out of the profound and horrific suffering saying, this is what I feel, this is what I want, this is what I'm overwhelmed with, God, here it is. And it's giving that into the hands of God that allows transformation to happen, that allows healing uh, to take root. Okay, how, how can we prepare ourselves for this psalm? Um, it seems like it's really hard to prepare for this psalm because it comes from this place of such betrayal and loss, a place of enslavement and violence. And the words there just explain it all. How can we sing the songs of Yahweh when we are in this place? And yet that's exactly what they are doing they are singing this out, singing this hurt out to God. Psalm 137. By the canals of Babylon, there we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. Upon the willows in the midst of it, we hung our harps. For there our captors demanded of us songs, and our tormentors demanded jubilation, saying, Sing for us one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing the songs of Yahweh in a foreign land? If I forget you, Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skill, May my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you, if I do not exalt Jerusalem above my chief joy. Remember Yahweh against the sons of Edom, the day of Jerusalem, those who said, lay it bare, lay it bare to its foundation. Daughter of Babylon, you devastated one. Blessed will be one who repays you with the retribution with which you have repaid us. Blessed will be the one who seizes and dashes your children against the rock. As we prepare for Psalm 138, 
we are going to enter into an ancient, ancient prayer. Whereas 137 uh, came from the Babylonian captivity after everything has been destroyed, this song has been placed here uh, from many, many hundreds of years before. Um, and even so, it answers each of those terrible places of suffering. It answers down into the pit of Psalm 137 uh, with this promise uh, and with this image and uh, with this calling. Uh, and, and what does it do to us to get to Psalm 138, gang? What, what happens in this psalm? Well, it's that very first verse. I will give you thanks with all of my heart. I don't think you can come to this place of sharing all of your heart and thankfulness until you have shared all of that pain and all of that suffering. Um, I think, you know, you can try to do it on your own. You can try to, to um, work your way through pain and suffering and wanting to revenge but it's not until we turn it all over to God that we can really come to this place of being thankful. And then this psalm ends, you'll notice the last lines of this psalm are the same refrain uh, that we repeated 26 times ago um, in that you're hesed forever. Uh, you're hesed forever and then it ends um, with this image of God, do not let go the works of your hands. Uh, whereas we feel like we have been let go, our children have been let go, everything has been destroyed. Um, it's heart. It's calling back to God with all of the all of the heart. Do not let go. Uh, we are the work of your hands. Do not let go. And your Hesed love forever is the mantra that encapsulate, encapsulates and holds um, and wraps up all of this place of hurt and um, darkness. Psalm 138, a Psalm of David. I will give you thanks with all my heart. I will sing your praises before Elohim. I will bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your hesed and your truth. For you have made your word great according to all your name. On the day I called you, you answered me. You made me bold with strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth will give thanks to you, Yahweh, when they have heard the words of your mouth. And they will sing of the ways of Yahweh, for great is the glory of Yahweh. For Yahweh is exalted, yet he looks after the lowly, but he knows the haughty from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. You will reach out with your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand will save me. Yahweh will accomplish what concerns me, Yahweh, your hesed forever. Do not let go of the works of your hands.
As we prepare for Psalm 139, this is the most intimate of all of the Psalms. It's the most intimate moment in all scriptures where we find ourselves completely known, completely seen, and still completely adored. Um, and there is this, this, this understanding that our soul knows this prayer already. Um, our soul knows this all too well, and and um, uh, Paul will t will will write in this way. Like our, we don't understand the spirit of adoption, but our soul bears witness to this this spirit of adoption, this spirit of you are mine, uh, you are known. I formed you, and I loved you. Um, but Gay, this is this is Jesus's prayer. How do we how do we step into this prayer into this? this prayer of the Messiah talking uh, so powerfully and beautifully and intimately with the Creator? Um, I think that the key word is, two key words, the intimacy of it and that it's Jesus' prayer. And it is through the Messiah that we are known and embraced and brought into this intimate communion with God. And this is such a beautiful prayer um, that we are just encircled by God's love and no one knows us the way God does. Not even ourselves, really. Yeah, yeah. And there is this there's this uh, near the end. There's this jarring moment of hatred, and I am saying that I, I hate with a perfect hate. Um, this idea of um, I am being tempted uh, by the violence and the viciousness and the power, and I am choosing the opposite. I'm choosing only the love of this intimacy. Um, to hate with a perfect hate is—it's um, not to be really ragingly angry. To hate with a perfect hate is to purify our love, um, that we are utterly focused on this and not pulled away by our vengeance. Perfect hate is hate that has been perfectly handed over to God and not held on uh, the heart. So we'll get to that place of of prayer, and then. As we've done this mantra over and over and over, um, uh, the Hesed forever, the Hesed Olam, uh, the eternal love of God. Here it's the eternal way of God. The final line is Olam Derek, the, the way eternal. Psalm 139. Yahweh, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I get up. You understand my thoughts from far away. You scrutinize my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, Yahweh, you know it all. You have encircled me behind and in front and placed your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot comprehend it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? 
If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you are there. If I take up the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and your right hand will take hold of me. If I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me and the light around me will be night, even darkness is not too dark for to you and the night is as bright as the day darkness and light are alike to you for you created my innermost parts you wove me in my mother's womb and i will give thanks to you because i am awesomely and wonderfully made wonderful are your works and my soul knows it very well My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully formed in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my formless substance, and in your book were written all the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. How precious also are your thoughts from me, God! How vast is the sum of them! Were I to count them, they would outnumber the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you would put the wicked to death, God. Leave me, you men of bloodshed, for they speak against you wickedly, and your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, Yahweh? Do I not loathe those who rise up against you? With a perfect hate, I hate them. They have become my enemies. Search me, God, and know my heart. Put me to the test and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there is any hurtful way in me. And lead me in the everlasting way. Amen. movement of psalms created written down collected many many centuries apart but organized for us and given to us in this movement from a place in history to a mantra prayer that descends down into our body to uh, a desperate song of rage and hurt and powerlessness to a song that answers it all and then a profound intimacy with God where all that we have revealed has been taken up, has been held, has been perfected, and has been loved. We pray this with the Messiah and we pray this with one another. The very next episode is going to be these same prayers, but I'm just going to cut out all of our commentary. So you don't have to listen to Gay and I thinking and pondering and wondering. You can just listen uh, to Ramona uh, reading these ancient prayers, this movement, and you can even put it on repeat uh, so you can let the rhythm of this movement and the shape of this movement um, reach down into your own traumas, your own hurts, your own place of homesickness and abandonment, 
and, and invite you on the journey with the Messiah into this place of the eternal love, the Olam Hesed, and the eternal way, the Olam Derek. Blessings, you all.